0: Hello and welcome back. This is the Parker Keen podcast. This is episode two. We're going to go and cover um, UFC 241. Went down over the weekend in Anaheim, California. We're going to talk about the uh, results of the top three fights on the main card and then we're going to talk about maybe one or two of the prelim fights. So here we go. Alrighty, the first fight I want to dive into was the Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa. Um, this fight last week I predicted this would get fight of the night, and um, I actually took Costa by a late stoppage. Um, it ended up going to decision in a very very close fight. Um, I actually thought Yoel. I wouldn't have been mad with Yoel taking the uh, decision. I thought it was very very close. Both guys looked. Freaking incredible! Um, yeah, this is definitely probably one of the best fights I've ever seen personally at middleweight. It was up there with the Kelvin Gastelum and uh, Adesanya fight from a couple months ago. But uh, yeah, the first round was chaos. You had both guys knocked each other down once, and it was really just back and forth, back and forth. Um, they had a brief stoppage when I think Yoel got hit in the nuts. Um, Besides that, it was yeah, it was crazy, crazy back and forth war. Um, I had Costa winning the first round, Yoel taking the second round. The second round was very, very close. I could have seen that going either way. And then I had Yoel taking the third round. But um, yeah, I'm not mad with the Costa decision. I think that sets up a huge fight um, for the winner of Whitaker versus Israel. Which is coming up, I believe, October 6th, uh, down in Australia. I think the UFC matchmakers did a great job um, putting this fight together. This was just a very, very close contested fight. Um, I think it could have gone either way. And it really kind of solidified um, Costa more so to being there. You know, he's ready for Whitaker, Israel, Yoel Romero. Um, so, next for him, I. I think obviously he's got the the winner of that championship fight, you know, probably sometime towards the end of the year or maybe the beginning of the year. Um, Yoel, I mean, he's got a lot of options, Uh, you know, I think if he wanted to, he could move up to light heavyweight. Maybe he's the one to give John Jones a little challenge, or he can hang around middleweight. I mean, he's obviously still a top dog, and he looked very, very good in that fight. It's It's amazing to me that he's 42 years old so um yeah i mean no one really lost this fight obviously it was fight of the night uh they both got bonuses and really i yeah i'll always watch these two fight. that was that was crazy 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 so um yeah that that was a good fight to kind of get us ready for the the next two the co-main event and then the main event um, next, I want to move to the co-main event. We will talk about uh, Nate Diaz. All right, the co-main event. We had the return of Nate Diaz versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. Um, this is one I was really looking forward to. The return of Nate Diaz is huge for me. I, you know, the Diaz brothers are two of my favorite fighters, and it's really been a shame that the UFC hasn't worked out a way to capitalize on how big of stars really both of the Diaz brothers are. Um, You know, I think Nick is 37 and Nate's 33 or 34. So they're getting up there in age. Uh, You know, they only have a couple more years where the UFC can really book them in some good fights and kind of capitalize on their star power. So I I really hope this fight, um, you know, they can kind of roll over the momentum of this fight and keep Nate active. And, you know keep putting him in fun fights um breakdown on the fight last week I had predicted that uh Nate would win a decision I think he went won a uh, split decision I think Pettis may have got one round uh might have been the first round but um yeah I mean kind of what I predicted came true um Pettis tends to fade he's he's just been around forever and he's been fighting at the highest, highest level, you know, I just in, in fights like this in the past, uh, Max Holloway, Tony Ferguson, he kind of fades towards the end and, you know, Nate was just kind of getting warmed up, um, you know, and starting to pour it on the last round or so. Um, yeah, I mean, Nate Diaz did what Nate Diaz does. He kind of ties you up boxes you pressures you the whole time he's great on the ground they had some pretty good exchanges on the ground that was kind of interesting um so yeah i mean that was nate diaz doing nate diaz and um you know it was just too good for showtime and it kind of just you know solidifies the point that yeah nate diaz is definitely one of the top fighters in the world and you know he can compete and beat A lot of these guys at the top even though he's been out for three years i mean he's been fighting his whole life and his skills are crazy crazy good so um yeah i really liked that fight um nate diaz got on the mic afterwards i was really 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 thinking he was going to call out conor mcgregor and you know unleash some crazy promo trying to lure mcgregor into that trilogy fight Um, But he didn't. He kind of went the other way and uh, called out Masvidal. So I I think, um, you know, he wants to stick around at 170. And I think Masvidal—that's a great fight. I mean, I don't see why that couldn't headline a pay-per-view. For sure, could headline um, any fight, fight, uh, fight night card, or you know, something like that. So yeah, I'm pumped about that fight. I think that's something that could probably go down in the next probably by the end of the year. So um I'd really like to see the UFC get behind that and and push that fight. That's a huge fight. Uh two guys that have been around forever. Um I mean two guys that are going to bring it, they're going to fight. Yeah, that that's a awesome fight. Nate Diaz was calling it the bad motherfucker belt and yeah, that's pretty much what it is. You know, Jorge Masvidal um was a guy that's you know, been between 155 and 170 and fought at both weight classes and, you know, has had a lot of success. Lost, you know, some fights that would get him up towards the top. So, I mean, uh, really at 170, both these guys are probably one fight away from a championship. Um, You know, so you've got Colby and Usman that are going to fight, I believe, in November is the game plan. And then, I mean, if these two fought in December or early next year, I don't see why they couldn't fight for the title after that um you know obviously masvidal is coming off that huge flying knee knockout of ben Askren, and then you know diaz is back and bigger than ever so yeah i i think it gets pretty interesting for the winner of that fight if they can book that they've just got a lot of options um you know both of those guys have fought at 170 and fought at 150 so Yeah, I mean, if you're Nate Diaz or Masvidal, I mean, the winner, I I think, would probably get the 170 title fight next. And then after that, I mean, they've got options. They can go back down to 55. Nate's got the big trilogy fight with Connor, which would be, you know, if you can get Connor to come back, that's a huge, huge money fight. Um, You know, I'd like to see Nate versus Khabib eventually. Nate versus tony ferguson um and then george masvidov i mean he could fight step in and fight any of those guys in the top you know three or four at lightweight as well and i'm down to watch those fights so yeah it's interesting these two are kind of in the same space right now i mean they're they're big big stars and they're you know probably one fight out from the title at 170 and then they've got the flexibility of you know taking fights down at 155 so yeah, a lot of options the next, you know, year to two years is looking pretty good for George Masvidal and uh, Nate Diaz So yeah, let's keep it rolling um, I think these are going to be good times coming up here in the next year or so with all these fights Alrighty um, Next before we jump up to the main event. I want to talk a little bit about the Corey Sandhagen fight um, Corey Sandhagen, he is a bantamweight prospect who's really been on a roll lately and he got his first uh real big test against a sun sal who's kind of been a guy that's um you know for the last couple of years has been hanging around the top five at bantamweight he's a very very uh strong competitor um yeah so this is a huge test for san Hagen who's coming up right now and um yeah he passed the test he was dominant I thought in every aspect of the fight he's a weird kind of rangy fighter he kind of fights a little like john jones kind of tj dillashaw he's just very unconventional and you never know what he's going to hit you with he mixes his up mixes it up really well um yeah he looked good everywhere i mean he was just stalking a sun Sal around the octagon Uh, Mixed up his striking really well. They had some really crazy grappling exchanges that he looked good everywhere. Um, Yeah, at the end, I mean, he just looked super fluid. He led the pace the whole time, and that's a huge win uh, for Sanhagen. I think um, Asuncao was ranked number three. He was ranked number nine. So that's going to put him probably right in the top five. Um, And it'll be interesting to see what the UFC does with him next. He's got a lot of a lot of potential, um, and you've got a lot of guys coming back into bantamweight. You've got Frankie Edgar moving down from lightweight. You've got Uriah Faber who's back. Dominic Cruz should be back. Um, I think Sean O'Malley should be coming back soon. So you've got a lot of big fights that the Sandhagen kid can take. Um, It'll be interesting to see what the UFC does if they use you know one of these old legends to kind of springboard him You know towards a title shot Um, Yeah, so I I really really like that guy. I I think he's He's gonna be a contender here, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him fighting for a title here in the next, you know year to two years Um, Alrighty, let's move it on along to the main event the rematch, DC-Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic, two. Um, yeah, I was pumped for this this fight. I think this was um, really shaping up to probably be one of the best heavyweight fights, especially heavyweight title fights that um, I've seen in a long time. There was just a lot riding on this. Um, DC, obviously, if he were to get the win, I think he would have set himself up for that John Jones fight at heavyweight. Um, Stipe was looking, gunning to get his belt back. Um, all week he looked like a stone-cold psychopath killer. Um, I had predicted last week that I thought Stipe would get a a late finish, um, and he did. He got the fourth round finish. He really, I I thought, kind of got beat up, um, for the first, you know, at least two out of the first three rounds, um, it started to turn a little bit in his favor in the third round and then really in the fourth round he came out with a, you know, brand new game plan. He started hammering DC in the body. He was just pounding him, you know, over and over and over again with body shots. I think he must've hit him, you know, 10 to 15 times with heavy, heavy lefts to the body. And I think that wore DC down. Um you know, he started to to wilt a little bit, and that's when Stipe came over with that big right. And then he had, you know, a six- or seven-piece combo to put DC down and put him away and close the fight. So, um, yeah, that was, man, for a heavyweight fight, That was that was awesome. That was a war. I mean, both of those guys are, no bullshit, you know, the best, probably in the top ten to ever do it. Um, For sure, you know, one and two best heavyweights ever in the UFC. Um, So, yeah, that was an incredible fight. I really, really, really enjoyed that. Um, It just shows you how tough Stipe is. I mean, he got his ass beat, and he was taking heavy, heavy shots. If you look at the striking numbers, um, I mean, DC was leading in pretty much every category. So... To continue to weather that storm over and over again and just hang in there and then in the fourth round completely change your game plan and go and get your title back. That was awesome. I mean, Stipe is a true heavyweight champion, true champion, and so is DC. Um, you know, I, I don't think DC is going to retire. I think the UFC is going to be able to talk him into coming back. For a trilogy with Stipe, and I, I just don't think that DC is the type of person that can walk away with a loss like that. I think he's just super competitive. Um, that loss is not going to sit well with him, especially when he was winning the fight. You know, from start to really the you know you know beginning of the fourth round, he was dominating. He was kind of putting it on Stipe, and then it all just kind of went to shit and you know, Stipe warmed down, warmed down, and then took him out, and, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are saying that D.C. should just walk away and retire, you know, his John Jones fight went out the window, no one wants to see that at, at, uh, light heavyweight, so, yeah, I mean, um, for, for D.C., I think he's gonna come back, I'm just, leaning on that i don't think he's going to be able to walk away with that loss um if he does good for him you know great career um he'll go down as probably one of the top five fighters ever um unbelievable resume really only lost to john jones who's you know the best fighter of all time and stipe miocic who's gonna go down as probably the best heavyweight of all time so Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how the UFC kind of handles heavyweight and what goes down. Um, You know, if I was a UFC, what I would push for is Jon Jones coming up to heavyweight fighting Stipe, and then the winner of that one, they go and offer DC all of the cash to fight at heavyweight one more time. Um, I think that's something you can sell. Obviously, DC versus Jones is a no-brainer that will sell huge. But if Stipe can go in, take out John Jones, and then come back for the trilogy fight with DC, man, that's that's would be freaking awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I I'd like to see them kind of go that route. I I don't know what kind of interest John Jones has on coming up to fight Stipe. Um, but yeah, I think if you throw some cash at him, he can definitely, he would definitely take that fight and that that could be huge for the UFC um, and the heavyweight division. I mean, that's some big, big fights you can line up. So yeah, those are my thoughts there. Alrighty, um, next, before we get out of here, I just want to run over um, a couple big fights coming up. September the 7th, we've got uh, Dustin Poirier taking on Khabib, Norma Gametoff. Um, that's a huge, huge, huge fight for the light, lightweight uh, championship of the world. Um, also on that card, we've got Edson Barbosa versus Paul Felder, um, which I'm super pumped about that fight. I think that could be one of the fights of the year. Both of those guys bring it every time. I think that's going to be just an awesome striking contest. Um, so we'll get, do some breakdowns and kind of predictions when we get closer to those fights. Um, and then the next card after that, you've got the September 14th fight night card. We've got, uh, two of my favorites of all time. We've got Donald Cowboy Cerrone taking on Justin Gaethje. Um, that's a dream matchup for me. That's going to be amazing. Um, So, yeah, those are the three fights that I'm looking forward to most. And those are all coming up within a month. So, um, yeah, we'll be back here every Sunday to uh, do some breakdowns, some predictions, talk about some current events in MMA. And uh, until next time, I appreciate it. Parker Keen signing off for episode two. Thank you.